to me, it's not about the numbers. If something flops, to me, it doesn't matter because I got that story out to the world. I got that, what I was feeling at that time, I got that out and I can move on from it. Like I use use music as therapy. I don't like therapists. Mm -hmm. It It doesn't really work for me. Cause I just, I just don't like, I completely trust myself. Like I, if there's a song I want to release and I believe in it, that song's going to come out. Like I'm going to make sure that that song hears the light of day. Welcome to Songwriter Trists, an intimate podcast that interviews artists about the art of songwriting and find out more about the life behind the songs. I'm singer-songwriter Ray Lee, your host for this show. Music saved my life and I want to talk to other songwriters about the power of songwriting, talk about their journey and how they got to where they are today. This is a safe space to share stories, lessons and emotions, all the great things that build an amazing song. For more information on this podcast and the guests, visit songwritertrists.com. Welcome to A Songwriter Trist with the most incredible Brittany Mags, beautiful as ever, <laughs> even without makeup. But what's more beautiful is her voice and her songwriting. It's gorgeous. I like to start, Brittany, by getting you to tell us all a little bit about yourself. Who are you and where do you come from? Well, thank you, firstly, for having me on. I'm very excited. But my name is Brittany Mags and I'm from Sydney, Australia. I live in a little little I like to call it little place but it's not in Dural so it's kind of country meets meets city and yeah I've been living here for like the last 11 years and I love it what got you into music like how did this start well okay so I grew up really obsessed with Hannah Montana like Saddle Club pretty much Disney Channel yep I I love Saddle um, Club yes yeah so my my mum was really sick growing up and I always thought like it was always kind of, you know, while dad was at a point, like put it on TV or something like that. Like it was always TV, TV. And because I grew up really, like Disney Channel has a lot of music to it. So I feel like that's mm-hmm. kind of what started it. And I wanted to be Hannah Montana more than anything. I wanted to be a part of Saddle Club. Like I wanted to be on Disney Channel. And then it really solidified when like Camp Rock came through all of that. And I was like, that's it. I used to say to my mom all the time, I'm going to be a singer when I grow up. I'm going to be a singer. She was like, oh, yeah, yeah, all right, whatever. And I'd force people, anyone that came to the house, I'd, like, draw little tickets and I'd, like, give them to them and force them to sit and watch me. I'd not know what I was doing. I'd just get up there and just start randomly singing to the, you know, the CDs. You could get, like, the hottest summer hits, like summer hits. Yeah. I used to press play on that and then I'd just, like, dance and sing around. I just loved the idea of sitting, people would sit down and just watch me, and I'd, I'd like I'd, I'd be getting to yeah. sing. So I think that's kind of what started it—the idea of ooh singing constantly, and you can get paid for it. What? That's up for debate. Yeah. But yes, <laughs> I'm older now, and um, I realise that oh, little me <laughs> like oh, yeah, true. So you said your mum was unwell, and that you were obviously watching these Disney shows, and I think everyone of our generation can relate to yeah. Disney on some level as a kid. What did it mean for you? And do you, like, have you done much thought around what that provided for you as a child going through whatever it was that you were going through in your family situation to have Hannah Montana and to have those shows there? 
like with you? Yeah, so my mum, she had brain tumours majority of my childhood. She'd get one, they'd take it out, it'd be a whole process. And she just kept it kept kind of happening and then she lost her hearing completely. So my, my mum's deaf. So there was a lot of times in my childhood, like we had to live with my grandparents. My mum was like basically on life support. It was so hard on our family. Like they basically said to my dad to turn off her life support. And dad was like, no, she'll she'll push through. Like she'll be okay. And if you saw my mom now, like you would not know a single thing. Like she's like the healthiest. She's so gorgeous. Like she just looks amazing. Wow. Um, so you wouldn't even know. But I think as a kid, I I tried to escape a lot of it. And so I'd go and watch yeah. shows because I could just zone out. And it was like my way of just, yeah. oh, I don't have to deal with that. Like I'm just watching and kind of like, I don't know, if you watch a kid now watch TV, they're kind of just their mouths open like, oh. Like I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got three of them. I get it. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that's what it did to me. It made me um, not have to think and not have to worry. If mum was at home, it was really hard because we all had to really pitch in. Like me especially, I felt as though I had to pitch in and I had to do a lot. So when when I could Mm. zone out. No, I'm the youngest, but I'm the only girl. So I felt, I feel like it's just me and my brother. But okay. I felt as though, like, I had to take on that yeah. responsibility. Yeah. So, like, when I was yeah. in high school, my first week of high school, my mum went in to get a cochlear put in so she could hear. And um, it's supposed to be not a simple procedure, but it's supposed to be something that, you know, like, you should be okay once they do it. And when they went in, it hit her vestibular balance nerve and she literally forgot how to walk and talk and, like, dropped down to, like, two kilos, oh like, was rehabbed for like a whole year, wouldn't drive. I was like, what age do you when you Jeez. first go to school? I was, I mean, year seven, I was like, what, 13? 12? Yeah, 12 or 13. 12, 13, I used yeah. to like, when my mum came home, I used to like not go to school for like weeks because I'd just sit at home and help her. And then when I got my licence, it just meant that I could drive her to all of her appointments. So like that was a lot of my thing. So even to this day, I watch things to zone out. Like when I'm cleaning, I was just talking about this to my cousin. When I'm cleaning, I have to have something playing in the background so that my brain doesn't overwork itself. Like to sleep, I listen to Mm. sleep music. So Yeah, right. Probably really bad. I probably should like try and get my brain to just like slow down, but it just doesn't. Yeah. It's got so much going on 24-7. Totally. Yeah, I mean, and that makes sense I mean you had to become the parent there was massive role reversal for you yeah um from such a young age like you'll be supposed to be becoming a woman you know and like party your mom's supposed to help you all well you're supposed just to be like, like enjoying getting to know your body and like boys and yeah going to like going out with your friends like you know for dinners that type of stuff I didn't get to do a whole lot of that yeah. Because, um, like, yeah. my dad wouldn't take me. And then my mum, obviously, I didn't want to leave her by herself home alone. You know, my brother's four years older than me. So he was, what, about to go yeah. th- turn 18, that type of stuff. So yeah, I was more like, okay, well, I'll stay home. You kind of go be 18. And then by the time I turned yeah. 18, more health things happened. So I kind of didn't get to have that, like, that teenage type. Rite of passage adolescent thing. Yeah, like that rebel stage or like that Rite party. Like, so I feel like I grew up real yeah. quick. Like I matured probably way too quickly. But mm. that's 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 why I wrote. I can um, relate to that. 
Yeah, that's why I wrote when it was easy because I was kind of just like, hey, I kind of want to go back to like that time so I can do it all again and then say to my brother, hey, you know what? You can take a night. I'm going to go party for one night with my friends. Yeah. Type of stuff. But, I mean, you know, it's my mom. I'd do anything for her so I don't. I don't really care. I don't even like partying that much, so it's fine. <laughs> Me either. I, I found it a bit of a waste of time. And money. That's that's incredible. And and money, but there is a part of just being able to be young and reckless. Yeah. That like yeah, it is that rite of passage, I guess, as an adult to be able to be young and make mistakes. And it's like you're allowed to at that age, and then all of a sudden, when you become an adult, that's gone. Yeah. Your right to make mistakes at some point disappears, which I think is everyone has the right to make mistakes no matter how old you are. Human. But there's like a social, yeah, like there's a human thing. Did you play an instrument as well to help with your music? Or? I played, so I did piano um, and I was classically yeah. getting trained where they like literally put the rubbers on your hands and if the rubber falls off, like they snap you with the ruler. Like it was like so. Oh, that's not fun. Yeah, it was so like properly like actually terrible I hated it so it really made me like kind of fall out of love with it and then one day I came home and just like singing I thought you know what I'm just going to teach myself so I just taught myself how to play the piano like not play but like learn instead of playing like you know like classical that type of stuff I'm going to play um chords and then from there, if I yeah. played all these chords, sorry, let me mute this thing. I didn't realize it was still on. Um, if I cool. did, if I did like um, like if I was sitting down and I write, I always found myself starting to do all these chords, and then that helped me yeah. to start writing because before that, I'd kind of just write to nothing, and nothing had a tempo, nothing had a beat, nothing had a structure. Yeah. So it kind of really helped me to yeah. make it be something <laughs> now I play art I, and I love that daily, but back then it was just the piano yeah. and kind of I'd actually find backing tracks on YouTube to write to like Google like backing I love that write music too and then I do that <laughs> oh that's so cool I was the same I did piano and I did piano lessons and they were not for me I was like I don't really care about how to read music I want to write music yeah <laughs> I just want to be able to feel it and then yeah learn guitar later on but it's interesting how that's actually quite a common story. And I actually, I've never heard of the rubber band thing. That sounds like child abuse. Yeah. <laughs> it was really bad. Yeah, it was so bad. It was like. I get how they probably yeah. do that, but yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, I mean, yeah, I'm obviously lessons be, are good for I'm not going to be in the orchestra. Like it's, it's fine. I don't need, I'm just learning this just because. But no, they didn't really care. I'm going to be a pop star. Yeah. You're just like, no. Okay, whatever. Yeah, that's okay. Interesting. I I can totally relate to just about everything you've talked about so far, which is sad, but also I can empathize on a deeper level. So when when did you actually go from I'm a kid, I'm giving everyone tickets, and I'm just going to do my thing at home, to actually you know making people realize, hey, this is actually I'm serious about this. I'm going to make this my career. I'm going to start releasing music to the world. When did that transition happen? Yeah, I was, oh, I think I was like 13 or 14. No, no, okay, so I was 13 and this is just before, no, maybe I was 14. I don't know. It was like I'm pretty sure it was just after mum had had her 
whole sickness thing because I remember she came to the first thing and she was like mm-hmm. skin and bones. Um, and it was just yep. before um, I like I was going to get my license and all that. So I still had to rely on my parents type of thing. So I, mm. I, I used to just post videos of myself on YouTube under like this yep. really bad account name that I would never, ever, ever share because it would be so funny if people find it. And then I would post. Has it been deleted or is it still there? No, I don't remember the passwords at all. And the email, I don't remember what email it was linked to. So it's there somewhere, but it's under a name that like nobody could ever really guess. I mean, yeah, it's so, so bad. We have to find it. Yeah, no, it's so It would be like Hannah Montana, but like an acronym or something. Yeah, no, it, it was it was really bad. <laughs> but um, so I had, I don't know how. I have that. But I had my email or something. I don't know. I don't even know why I was posting on YouTube. I was so young. Yeah. But I think I started posting mm. on Facebook as well. And then, I don't know, somehow someone messaged me and they're like, we're holding this competition in Bondi. You should come down to it and sing. And I like went up to my mom and I'm like, mom, look, these people. She mm-hmm. goes, Brittany, have I not taught you anything about the social media? Like, you can't talk to strangers. And I'm like, I was yeah. like, yeah, but uh, they want me to sing. And she's like, you don't know what they are. Like, it's in Bondi. Like, they said it's in an underground club. Like, it sounded really dodgy, to be honest. So I like begged and begged and begged my mum. And she's like, no, I can't drive you. Your father will be away. And I'm like, begging. I'm going, please, please. Like, I just want to do this. my opportunity. Anyways, um, we ended up being able to get my auntie and my uncle to take us. And I went. It wasn't dodgy at all. It was an actual competition. Um, and then I came second. Okay. And it was so funny. I sat up. Wow. I full brought my keyboard with me, like my portable keyboard, bought it with me. Yeah. Put it up on the stage, sung. That was my first time singing to like a proper crowd. And then came wow. second. And then from there, the people that ran it did music camps, like summer music camps. So I'd go to them. Then I got lucky and yeah. I started working with the music teacher, like vocals, which I hate doing that because I was told when I was younger that I couldn't sing at all. So I hated Yeah, yeah I hated too. doing music lessons. Um, so I started working with this yeah. new guy and he was awesome. And he gave me the opportunity to head over to LA with him just to see what he did. Yeah, what? just to see what he did. And he goes, now nothing's going to come of it. Like, it's literally just, you know, you'll meet everybody I know, that type of stuff. I'm like, I don't care. I always wanted to go to LA. This was when I was 50. So yeah. I went there and um, it was, I think we were there for 12 days. And every single day was so busy. We were like thrown into like meeting after meeting after meeting. And I sat in a room with Tommy Brown, who produces for like Ariana Grande, like Justin Bieber, does like all the biggest pop hits there. Um, Me and a couple other girls, we sang. And then there was a lady in the room who then became my manager, flew me back out. Like I flew home and I think I flew back out to LA like a week later. Um, And I ended up being there four years, back and forth constantly. And um, like building myself as an artist. But that was also really, really, yeah. really bad for me as an artist uh, because, right. like, you know, when you're 15, you don't know who you are. You don't know anything. You don't know what songs you like. Like, I knew I wanted to do country. That was always what I wanted to do. And they pop yeah, stuff. Right. They wanted me to do pop music. And then so we met in this yeah. middle and we were like, well, let's do this pop country thing. This is what, like, eight years ago. So... Pop country yeah. wasn't a thing at all. It was either your country and you are straight country or you are a pop and you are straight pop. There was no kind of middle. middle no Besides between. Taylor Swift, when she was starting to do that whole reverse thing. But 
that was kind yeah. of you know, like paved the way yeah and I used to always say I just want to be like kind of Montana like I just want to sing my songs will have elements of country that have elements of pops like that's just what I want I want those big end yeah. songs anyways and then um obviously like when you're in meetings with very important people labels that type of stuff and they're telling you who you're going to be what you're going to look like what weight you will be how your hair will look that type of stuff you know at 15 16 17 you're very oh okay all right whatever that's cool yeah okay yeah and just I just say yes you're a child still yeah I completely lost myself as an artist like completely so that's why I came back to Australia and I was like nope I'm doing what I want to do and I like put my foot down I was like dumb <laughs> so yeah well done yeah that's kind of literally- do you I mean are you are you still proud of that or you regret like do you think ever think well, what if I had have just followed their advice and done what they wanted me to do no because I wouldn't have been happy and I would have been fake. I felt like in the pop world I was putting on a persona and I had to yeah. look a certain way. I had to be a certain way. I had to have this like aura about myself type of thing. And I felt like every time I stepped onto a stage or something, I felt like I was kind of not myself. I was playing Britney Mags, the artist. I wasn't playing myself. Whereas now like the world I'm in, I'm 100% myself. I'm I'm me on and off the stage. Like you saw me just yeah, brilliant. Out. I'm still the exact same and my music is the like is what I write whereas I was always writing these tracks and then a producer would turn them into a pop track but they were literally written like country you know what I mean so I'm a lot happier and <laughs> there are times where I'm like oh I wonder yeah. what like what would have happened in terms of like if I had put my foot down there but no like if I had mm. gone along with what was happening I reckon I would be shelved I'd be probably quite depressed because I wouldn't know who I am as yeah. a person and I'd be extremely lost. So I think coming home was the yeah. best thing that I could have done. Just the fact that you had the confidence to put your foot down and say, no, this is not me, yeah. says so much about your character and that it means that you, have, you, you are yourself. Yeah. And the confidence to be able to do that speaks volumes so well done I, I think that's an amazing trait that not everyone has and that's okay yeah. and that, that story of either being shelved or signing up to a management or record label deal and then being told exactly what you have to do and who you have to be because they want they have a picture and an idea of you're going to be the next Taylor Swift it's because it's a factory and you can just pop out Taylor Swift like <laughs> like that. Um, That's how they think of it. The reality is they don't really know what they're doing though either. You know what I mean? Like um, copying a formula in, in art is not art. It That's um, – it's duplication yeah and that's it's not a factory art's not a factory so yeah um it, it's funny how many times I've heard that same story and yet people seem to keep trying to do it yeah but it never works I've, I've never heard a story of oh yeah I went to these guys and they told me exactly who to be and then now I'm I'm a new version of Taylor yeah. Swift like, like it, it doesn't work at all and then even if in the slightest it does work everyone constantly like you will get the bad hate for oh you're trying to be this person you're trying to be this person so my motto is I'm just me mm. I'm unapologetically me like all yeah. the good the bad the ugly like it's me that's who I am like yeah. I used to get told I used to do 16 hour studio days when I was there biggest days like I would mm. go in from like 12 like midday or oh, 10, 10 even mm. and I wouldn't come out till like 4 a.m. like it was like brutal on my body Jeez. and they wouldn't let me eat that whole time. So you think time zone differences, whatever, I'd wake up, I'd not be hungry, I don't want to eat breakfast because, oh, I feel like I've just woken up. Like I was waking up like 10 minutes before I had to be in the studio, but I was expected to be in the studio in full glam 
So like it was just all this constant, it was constantly like this. And then I do these massive days yeah. not eating because they wouldn't let me eat. Oh, you can't eat. You can't eat. You can't eat. You can't eat. If you want to sing, you can't eat. You can't eat. And then I like, I dropped down to like 50 something kilos. I was tiny. I had bones popping out of me. I didn't feel healthy. My hair was black. Like I had black hair and like, I just looked like a ghost. And I remember yeah. I was in the shower and there was like a mirror there. I just stared at myself and I was like, I'm not happy. I used to count down the days from the moment I would get on the plane to go there. I'd count down till I would be leaving. Like I had a journal and I'd be writing. Yeah, that's miserable. Yeah, at the very end I'd be like, only 22 more days to go, only 10 more days. Oh, my God, I get to go home tomorrow. Like that type of stuff. Like I was so depressed because I had nobody as well. Like I was kind of doing it myself. Like I didn't, all my friends, you know, don't understand it at the time. They're all no. like, you can't yeah. show up to my birthday party. Why can't you come? Well, because trying to do something else. And so it, just, it, it, it was one of the best yeah. things that I learned as an artist because it made me strong in who I am, what I believe in. Yeah. I will eat if I am hungry and I will eat if I want to. Like nobody can ever tell me again, like you cannot eat. Like, no, that's not happening. And, yeah, I think it made me strong in that way and it opened my eyes a lot because I learned a lot about the music industry. Whereas I feel yeah. a lot of and you do yeah don't have that opportunity, which is probably better for them to be honest. So they don't have to do that, but yeah. Oh, seriously! Like I, I definitely am learning a lot talking to people who are either teenagers or have been in the industry as teenagers. Yeah, because I didn't have that experience because music was my lifeboat, and if someone criticized my music, I thought that I might lose it <laughs> somehow. <laughs> and so, like I, I kept it, I kept it secret and very, very much protected. And I think I'm glad I did. And for my circumstances, I think that I'm glad I did. I'm definitely glad I did. But um, I can definitely see how it could be very damaging to a person as well because your your art is your soul and if you haven't got that confidence in who you are and you've got other people trying to tell you who you are, you can have a real identity crisis at a young age. And it all kind of feels like a personal attack too. Like anything, like, yeah, yeah, you you start thinking because they're not thinking of you as a person, right? They're not thinking of you as... Yeah, your product. You're a product. You are. You are built to be their product and they're what they're selling. They need their money. So they don't care about your feelings. They just care about what the world's seeing. So, yeah. So I love, I did go back to you though. And I, I like was, I met up with my man, like old manager and stuff. And like, it, it was very different because I think the world's become a bit different. And I was very much so like I'm heavy. I'm not so like I was like what fifty one kilos there. Like of course I'm gonna look a little different yeah. now, but I was just like no, yeah. I'm happy in myself, and nobody can change this. And it just felt nicer this time. I felt like I had a say in everything, and I felt like go me, like yes, <laughs> awesome, well yeah. done. I, I'm screaming go you too. So <laughs> how do you think all that experience has impacted your life now as an artist, like? What's different and what are you doing differently in what you're doing now that is making you enjoy it and, and happier? I completely trust myself. Like I, if there's a song I want to release and I believe in it, that song's going to come out. Like I'm going to make sure that that song hears the light of day because, yes, other people's opinions 100% they matter, but if I truly in my heart I believe in something, I'm going to do it. Because as I said, like I'm me yeah. and I to me it's not about the numbers. If something flops, yeah. 
to me, it doesn't matter because I got that story out to the world. I got that, what I was feeling at that time, I got that out and I can move on from it. Like I use music, I use music as therapy. I don't like therapists. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really work for me because I just, I just don't like someone going, yes, okay, and how's that? Like to me, music is so much better. <laughs> I open up completely. I'm like, here's all my life. This is all my trauma. I write it all. And then I close <laughs> and I, I put that song out to the world. And I just feel like that kind of helps me the most. <laughs> What does it mean? I mean, like writing the song and getting it out of your body, fantastic. But that step of releasing it for other people to to witness and and see or or connect to, what's that process? That part of it do for you? It's kind. It's it's scary. I get big anxiety with carefree and when it was easy. I felt very. I felt like I was in a good place. Like. These people, like Carefree is all about like what I what I feel in this life right now. Like I just want to live. I just want to be happy and I just want to do what I want to do. Like let's just be happy. Let's be carefree. And when it was easy, yeah, is still along that vibe, but it kind of, you know, it slowly dips into that world of, hey, sometimes I like to think back on this and think what's this. And um, so I use, like, they're a bit happier. Like, my pop stuff, if you look at, like, my Spotify, I still have everything up from my pop days. There was one song, Reasons, yeah. that I wrote about a breakup, and um, that song was the most personal I've ever been. And when that came out, I had moved past the breakup. But when it came out and everyone's messaging yeah. me, oh, I didn't know you feel this. It brings up the emotion again, but at the same time, I kind of feel like, like I've moved past it. Like I know you guys are hearing it for the first time, but I'm only telling you because I'm strong enough in myself. Like I would never release it if I was still held like hung up on the relationship. Do you know what I mean? So I I wait until I'm fully healed in that moment to put that song out. Yeah. So that no matter if someone says it's the worst song or they have hate towards, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me. Like it's not personal. Like, okay. You're done. Yeah. I'm done with it. Yeah. I think that's really beautiful advice because, like, music is therapy if, if you're doing it properly, I think. It's therapeutic. Yeah. Um, but to give yourself the time and space to heal from whatever it is that that song was manifesting in you personally and then giving it as a gift, on for, like forwarding it on to the rest of the world or anyone else who wants to hear it, to then be able to use it in whatever healing they need to go through without it impacting your healing process. Yeah. Um, I think it's beautiful because I've definitely done the opposite where I've released songs before I even realised what the song was about uh, and then it's, yeah, it's like, oh, actually, I don't even, like doing interviews and people are like asking you about the song, you're like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> actually, uh, I probably rushed that. Yeah. yeah. Tell me about your collaborations because you, you've obviously worked with tons of different people in Australia and overseas. Um. What's that journey of learning to work with other people being like or co-writing and doing that sort of stuff? Do you have any advice or biggest lessons that you've learned from that experience? Everyone has their own brain. So everyone's going to think a certain way and no one's right and no one's wrong. I think that's something I've learned even in the past two years. Like I've started in writing sessions where I'm going, what is going on? I don't understand any of this. Like then no, that's not. But then I have to correct myself and be like, well, no, it's not wrong. It's just how they write, everyone writes differently, how I write, how my partner writes music 
completely different, yeah. you know, even how down to how I yeah. record. So I think in a session, like I've learned how to really listen in on their ideas. And even if I don't like the idea and they really love the idea, then I'm like, okay, how can we find a way to make it work with what's what we're doing right now currently? Like, you know, they've thrown out yeah. a whole sentence. Maybe the meaning of that sentence can be amazing. The sentence itself might not work but what they're trying to get at. So I think mm. I learned how to be patient, how to really properly listen and yeah. how to like actually collaborate instead of just, no, 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 you're, we're writing for me. We're writing for me. It's all that matters. Like I don't know everything at all. I don't, I don't even mm. probably know half the stuff. Like, you know, like, so I like to take other people's life lessons, other people's life problems and, if find if you listen you get a good song because you know people will tell you if you're open to hearing it like that type of stuff you got to be open to hearing it yeah it's good very open to hearing it if you could go back in time now that you've been in the industry and you've you've experienced what you've experienced is there something that I guess you, you wish you had someone could have told you when you were younger or say, for example, someone is in a, in a similar situation just starting out or maybe they've got offers from overseas or whatever. What, what, what would you say? I would say person? eating does not affect your singing. Granted, probably don't go have a milkshake or something, but, you know, yeah. fuel your body so you have energy to make your vocals work. You've got no energy, your vocals aren't going to work. Don't listen to how people think you should look, you know, um, you you know in yourself what you want to look like, how you want to be, who you want to be. Don't let other people decide your personal appearance, your personal things. They can help decide contracts and that, but they cannot decide what is yours, which is yourself. Yeah. I love that. Be yourself. Exactly. That's yeah. literally just be yourself yeah. and be like take everything in, take the good and the bad and no doesn't always mean the end of it. If you're hearing no and you're talking to the mm. wrong person, go talk to somebody else because they'll say no yes. to you, but this person will say yes, but you didn't talk to this person because you just heard them and you just got sad and then you stopped. Just keep going. Yep. Don't take no, my friend that's, Yeah, just that's my on. motto in everything in life now. It's probably a bad thing. <laughs> I love that. I know I, I call it, um, I don't call it rejection. I call it redirection. I love that. I have not heard that. Yeah. I need to know that one. As an artist, like, yeah. I mean, doing acting and modelling and singing, all of that stuff, you audition for so many things where you speak to so many different people for opportunities. Like I've, you know, reached out to countless people to collaborate on all these duets. I keep on writing duets, but I haven't like found the right person to yeah. collaborate with. And it's so like all of them so far are like, you know, it's not my sound or I'm not interested. I'm like, that's fine. Doesn't mean I'm going to, I won't, I'm not going to force someone to work yeah. with me, um, well, but I'm also not going to stop asking. Yeah, exactly. That's perfect. I'm, you want it to be genuine. You don't yeah. want to force somebody like you, you know, that eventually it'll be exactly how it was meant to be. Like it'll fall. Exactly. Yeah. That's. And I think all the best things do fall into place. I don't, yeah. Usually anything I've had to force usually doesn't work out that's, that's probably another <laughs> that's probably. thing I'd say is if you have to force it it is not working like I've changed managers yeah. multiple times and that's not my fault that's yeah. not through their fault it's just I'm not going to force something that's not working and then I'm really big on when one door opens like when one door closes another one opens like 
if it, yeah. if it feels like it's not working, close that door and I bet you another one will open and you'll fall into another opportunity. Like kind of just take everything in and always trust God. Yeah. Always trust your God. Because <laughs> I have yeah, your body, your body. Yeah, I haven't before, and it's gotten me in situations that I've gone. Well, that would have been avoided if I had just done what I thought. Yeah. Oops. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes we feel like idiots when we don't trust our bodies because there's no logical reason for it. It doesn't always have to be a logical reason to trust your body. Your body just exactly. knows things without logic. Exactly. It's weird. If you could collaborate with anyone in the world, dead or alive, who would it be, and why? So, I would like childhood me would die to have a song with Hannah Montana like old school Hannah Montana I love I still love I still love and adore Miley Cyrus like now but like I would love to have done something with her so if I could like regenerate her type of thing and bring her to now I would absolutely love that adult me like me right now I would love to have like a a a duet like a collab with Morgan Wallen I feel like oh yeah it would okay. be so good because he's got such a husky voice I have a husky voice I just feel like it'd do amazing and like it, right you just feel like it would be it would be yeah like I I know when I'm driving I harmonize to his songs I'm like we're great together <laughs> like one day one day maybe hopefully fingers crossed but like that'd be really when I talk to him, I'll I'll let him yeah, know you say please that. Yeah, please do. Just say, hey, Ritty from Dural, she'd love, she'd love to. <laughs> what have you got coming up? We've got a minute left. It's sort of the space of the podcast where you can share whatever you'd like to share, future events or music or anything. Well, my single, When It Was Easy, just came out like a week and a bit ago. So When It Was Easy is out. Mm-hmm. I'm doing Tamworth. I'll be at Tamworth this year and I'm currently there. Yep. Perfect. Yay. And then um, I have new music coming in January and yeah, getting as many gigs as we can possibly get. My new management team has just jumped on board and um, it's going to be incredible. So I cannot wait for 2023. It's actually going to be good. So fingers crossed. It's going to be amazing. No matter what happens, everything is going to work out. Just perfect. I can tell. Thank you so much. Well done. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. It's um. God, I feel like I could talk to you forever. Well, yeah, no, thank you so much. No, thank you. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for joining our songwriter, Trist, today. To join the family and keep up to date with future podcasts, you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram and Twitter. Please leave a review and subscribe. To support the podcast or contact me or our guest, please go to the website, songwritertrists.com. Wish I could scream or shout, but I'm coming up empty, empty.